You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another informative episode of Ask Drone You. As always, my name has stayed the same. The thought processes have evolved. My name is Paul. And my name is Rob. And uh, yeah, hopefully we're evolving every day, right? Just a little bit, trying to get better, keep learning, improve. Only way to succeed. Yeah. Self-awareness, hard work. Back in the chair. It's been a little while. It has. It has. We uh, we have been doing a lot of in-person trainings here at DroneU. And honestly, it has been so much fun. And before we get started in today's question, uh, we'll just get right into it. Uh, Our question today is going to be brought to you by all of the in-person trainings that we have coming up. And good news, we're finally going to do that experience training. So uh, you'll be hearing more about this. But uh, for everyone who's taken our mapping class or our flight mastery class, which will be a prerequisite to the uh, experience training, I think you're going to really, really enjoy this style of training. We're going to do a seven day training where we all go out to one particular location and we're going to do a flight mastery Uh, advanced aerial videography, photography, and a little bit of complex 3D modeling. And then the students will be tasked to actually create deliverables for the property that we're on as if it were an actual client. And then at the end of the training will be a full day where the students present the deliverables. So this is pretty much as real life, as scenario based as it gets. But in an effort to try to propel you forward, you know, we want to do some kind of pre-training. That way you guys can learn before you create the deliverables, then create the deliverables. And on the last day, present them to myself, Rob, and the owner of the property. Kind of like in Shark Tank style. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It's not going to be open to everyone, but because these experience trainings will take place in the fall, uh, we are hoping that some of you who may want to go to that have an opportunity to uh, join us for a mapping class because the deliverables will be a fully edited video, fully edited photos, and an ortho mosaic to showcase a guest map, and then a 3D model with an interior model as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, and I'm really excited. We've been working hard on writing everything out, on getting the marketing going. So we'll be on the site soon. The upcoming in-person trainings will be soon. Uh, we're They'll be soon on the website, excuse me. Um, but we're looking at Denver. We're looking at Las Vegas in October. But that, will, that training that we're launching, I'm not sure we'll actually have any spots. It's already pretty much pre-sold at this point. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be in Austin in November and December. I think we're going to I think we're going to take off. We might have a flight mastery or two, though. We'll see. Here in Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. Here here at HQ. Yeah, so. and the experience training, which is just going to be phenomenal. It's so exciting because you're going to be going through all of that that you just described so that you can actually go do that, right? Obviously. I mean, the goal is to get you ramped up so that you can go offer this to the, the clients that you're excited about serving, which, man, I'm excited for everybody that can be there. And on that note, it's going to be limited to, I, I don't know if we've decided a final, we don't have to say a final number now because yeah. we need to talk that through, but it's uh, it's it, not going to be a ton. Yeah, because we want to make sure that everyone gets enough time to have personal attention and whatnot. 
But that said, you know, this is also, as Rob said, a great um, point for you to learn how to kind of go through the job. But it's also going to be a great opportunity for you guys to learn the systems of these jobs so that you can scale your business a little bit more easily, which is going to be one of the questions that we hit this week, kind of talking about that. But before we talk about it anymore, uh, if you're ready for a drone adventure, make sure you stay tuned to thedroneu.com. We're going to get that information up here this week or next. Um, so make sure you check that out. Thanks again for everyone who is supporting us. Uh, quick update to members. Um, we just want to say thank you to everyone for transitioning from Facebook over to the new app. As many of you know, though, there were some kinks in that app and working. we are working through it with development. And we might even launch a whole brand new app. We'll see. Um, but I just want to say thank you to everyone uh, who is, you know, trying avidly uh, to help us grow. We really do appreciate it because at the end of the day, we're here and we're doing this to, to provide quality, in-depth information because we care about how the information is retained and how it is utilized. Uh, because, I mean, I feel like every trainer and educator should care, but uh, obviously I'm not sure that's the case. But uh, sticking to a positive frame of mind, uh, I think that anyone who might be concerned or worried about uh, coming to these trainings because of me, um, that they are maybe hesitant to ask me questions or maybe they're nervous. I think that you would find, like a lot of our students just said in this last class, that uh, my heart's a little bit bigger than my mouth. <laughs> and uh, I think that you would find that uh, I'm quite personable in real life. So... Um, I'm quite personable on the show too. I just get I will a little, second that. I will yeah. just yeah, I just get a little fired up. So <laughs> anyway. All right, time for a question. Yeah, all right, let's hear Here it. Here we go. G'day Rob and Paul. It's Trav from Victoria, Australia. Now, there's a lot of info out there on PPK and RTK. So much so that you might not even publish this question. But so much so that some of it seems contradictory. I've seen videos saying that PPK is more accurate, other videos saying RTK is better. Usually these videos are from companies that will have a vested interest in the message that they're putting out there. So in mid-2021, tech changes over time, tech advances, our experiences with the tech change and can change our perspective. So currently, what is your preference for mapping and let us know why. Thanks for all the info you put out there. Keep up the great work. Cheers. Cheers, Trap. Thank you so much for the question. You know, you mentioned that we might not actually want to publish this question. It's a great one. Paul got really excited about it, actually. Yeah. Pow, pow. It's and, ready to uh, go. You know, it's really interesting that you mentioned some of the videos that you've seen coming from the companies that are selling the products that you're referring to. And that is why it's so important that you ultimately get information and learn from people that are actually doing it and, and using these various technologies in work, right? Which brings me to us and Paul. <laughs> so take it away, Paul. Well, I mean, it's also important that we're kind of agnostic for manufacturers. You know, I know a lot of people think uh, that... And we, systems. Yeah, and systems as well. So first thing I think is really, really, really important and... Uh, we talk about this in mapping class all the time. In fact, I literally have slides here from mapping class that are helping uh, me structure the answer to this question, which the first thing that I'd like to say is there is a lot of hoopla and marketing speak about drones that are RTK. For example, our M600, right? That's a M600 Pro, technically RTK. Technically, it's not RTK because it's unable to speak to the network that's going to provide real-time corrections 
to that GPS information and actually write that data to the back end of photos or videos, right? So number one, be very careful on the products you buy. This guy seems like he already knows that. So So on that note, what is somebody looking for? When you say be very careful, what do they need to make sure of? Well, before we get into the differences between RTK and PPK, they need to make sure if the drone states that it's RTK, that it can actually connect to what we call a VRS or a virtual reference uh, station or system. And it can actually connect to the NTRIP network, meaning it's connecting to the internet, okay, and it's pulling data from a very specific VRS, which is what we call over the NTRIP network. So essentially, able to go to internet, and it's uh, communicating with what we call our cores network. That's our continually operating reference stations. That's, and that's in America. That's in America, yeah, just to be clear. But the Australia has their own system. It's just named something different. Right, um, sure. So that said, um, what they need to be looking for, again, uh, if an RTK drone says it's RTK, you, you need to make sure it can connect to a network over the internet and actually write that data to the images themselves. Sometimes that last caveat, uh, the, uh, a lot of these RTK drones can have extreme uh, complexity in actually writing the data to the files, which can cause errors. So that said, number two really important point is, uh, and I've actually watched this before at a conference, I'm not going to name the conference, but I've seen multiple people go up on stage and say, our RTK maps are so good, they're good to one millimeter. Okay, that's not actually possible. Uh, maybe if you flew a 100 megapixel camera at 50 feet above a scene, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I think the rule of thumb, the actual facts and rules that dictate what is possible with photogrammetry is that accuracy, whether it's relative or absolute, can only be a factor or a multiple of your ground sampling distance. So let's say your ground sampling distance is a half an inch. That's that's the highest level of accuracy that you can get is a half inch, pretty much, which I think is important to note because so many people talk about accuracy. But when you look at their quality reports, it's like, well, hold on a second. Your GSD is two inches. There's no way you're getting a centimeter of accuracy. It's just not possible. Uh, so it's important to always remember that uh, accuracy is a multiple of ground sampling distance. The three factors, as we've talked about before on this show, and I'm not going to reiterate in detail, ground sampling distance is sensor size, it's the altitude of the flight, and it's the focal length. Those are the three factors of GSD. That said, his question, what is the best GPS, RTK, or PPK? Um, I wrote here in my notes, and as I talk about in mapping class, it's really dependent on the location that you're in hmm. and the availability of the virtual reference station. So hmm. first, first and foremost, RTK solutions. So if we're using a rover uh, like a GS20, uh, Trimble R10, or um, the Reach RS2, which finally I got one of my students. Uh, I Reach did some updates to their app. It's now a lot easier. I plan on using the crap out of really? that thing. Yeah, I didn't uh -huh. know that. This cool. was this week. Yeah, yeah. This week. Uh, so that said, I've got to do a big piece on the Reach RS2 because honestly, I really think that that solution, I feel bad for Emlid because they, they provided us one to do a review on it and I haven't done that yet it's been a year 
Um, but I'm going to go heavy on it and, uh, and hook them up fat because they are providing an affordable solution um, that speaks on four constellations. You know, it's got L1, L2, L5. It's a phenomenal tool, but you do have to have a subscription to a VRS similar to Leica's SmartNet system, similar to Trimble Business Center. Uh, you, you do need to have a subscription in order for it to pull data. That said, I just found out Albuquerque has a free cores network, but it only works in city limits. So hmm. that really wouldn't help us. But some states have free VRS, like Florida. Um, so that if you're in Florida and you need a great RTK solution, RS2 is awesome. Don't forget, though, that when you are geo-referencing maps or models, um, ground control points are two pieces of tech, right? You've got some sort of target, like the target that's here on the table, um, and then a GPS unit that measures the center of that target. Because again, in order to geo-reference our maps and models, we need to be able to see that target at 100, 200, 300, 400 feet, and be able to mark said target. So when is PPK a better solution? Um, one, I would say that uh, you have got to be in an area that has cellular data and you've got to be close to a reference station. Um, for those people who are in GIS, surveying, engineering, you guys know what I'm talking about, about being a specific distance, what we call that baseline distance between where you're shooting points and the actual reference station itself. I've heard surveyors, some say five, some say 10, some say 20 mile baselines. Um, I, I, I'm not a surveyor, so I'm not really able to calculate the best baseline distance, but I've had a lot of success up to, I think, 10 miles away, 12 miles away. Um, that said, RTK works amazingly well when you have cellular data. And the reason it works so well is because when you shoot your targets, you're done. That's it. You have the data right there on the collector. You can go import those points into Pix4D or Metashape or whatever you're using, um, and you're good to go, right? Done. Okay. Now, the issue with a lot of drone pilots is that setting up these rovers, uh, setting up these RTK receivers can oftentimes be kind of complex. And if you don't know what you're doing, then you screw the data up and you add or inject more error uh, than you would initially have. This is why so many people have chosen to work with propellers arrow points. And so we can now say that we are not sponsored by Propeller because their sponsorship kind of ended. Uh, we had to pay to re-up our arrow points. But now they have arrow points 2.0, Rob, mm -hmm. and they look way better. Like they have a screen on there that tells you like what's going on, like way better solution. Does um, it look better or does it perform better? I it's my understanding it performs better, but I don't have experience on it, mm. so I can't say, I can't speak from experience. So that said, I'll pump the brakes and just say that, I mean, I, we just turned our arrow points back on this last week and used it for mapping class, and it worked phenomenally well. Um, that said, one of the downfalls of arrow points, which is a PPK solution, um, is that you don't know if one of the arrow points failed to work or not. So now we have two bad arrow points, and I can't tell which ones are bad. So I need to do a little bit more research, and I'll be able to figure it out because they all have a serial number on them, and, and I'll figure it out. But that said, the main question, PPK or RTK, 
again, I believe that the answer is it depends and it depends on where your location is because PPK solutions are really good for rural areas. It's really good for large mission sets. It's really good for fixed wing solutions. But one thing that I think is really important to say is it doesn't matter if it's PPK or RTK, you still need some sort of, uh, how do I say this? There are a lot of people who are flying RTK drones. They are connecting them to the network. They are getting corrections, but they're still not using GCPs to overall correct their data and make sure they have some sort of control. I still recommend that even if you are using just RTK from the drone itself and not a rover with landing pads, that you still have some sort of GCP, aka utilizing a landing pad and a rover. And for people who have told me they've gone to other flight schools, and people are holding a GPS receiver over the landing pad or they use their drone's RTK and put it right over the center of the landing pad and do it that way, that absolutely does not work because the GPS position is me measured from the camera's center point uh, aka the sensor center point. So you putting your drone over a landing pad is not going to be it at all an accurate means. So there's built-in error when you do that, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and I only say that because I see so many like newer slash intermediate people saying, oh, I can just use my RTK drone as a rover and plop it over a landing pad and there's my GCP. And it's like, yeah, absolutely not. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> so um, back to the question, hmm. RTK, PPK, when is it a great idea to use PPK when you have no cellular network or you're a very long distance from any of these reference stations? And by the way, you can go to the NGS or NOAA or UNAVCO and look at the map of all of these CORS reference stations and see just how far away uh, they are from your mapping area. Now, I am not a uh, geospatial scientist by any means. I'm not a technician, but it's my understanding of basic GPS and coordinate systems that RTK is more accurate fundamentally than PPK because of how corrections are applied to the data itself. So. Hmm. The reason it's RTK, real-time kinematic GPS, is you're getting real-time corrections right there, lightning fast. You know if there's, an, if there's any uh, issues with the data right there. So RTK is the fastest, but you need cellular. You're probably going to be close to the city, and you need a, uh, uh, you need a subscription to a VRS. Um, now, a lot of people are out in the fields. They're, they're not right in the city. They're not close to cellular data. Mm -hmm. That's when you would want to use an arrow point. Okay, now, the house that we just mapped, which is Rob's potentially future in-laws here in August. Uh, uh, better, be, better be more than potentially yeah, at this say, point. But. I was going to say, I think potentially was a poor choice of words. <laughs> Invites went out. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> but anyway, long story short is I use the arrow points because they're just so simple. And I didn't know if I was going to have good cellular data where we were. Uh, we were also the baseline from the station was actually pretty far away. So I'm glad I use those. Why do people use arrow points? Which, by the way, if you're watching, they're literally over Rob's right shoulder. And it's your left, our right. Um, that's it. They use them because it's so easy. It's push button and go. You know, you throw them out and they literally cook for 30, 45 minutes. And so they're aggregating and collecting data while you're flying. So pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. The only issue that's important for our, our caller to know is that the um, propeller arrow points only work if they uh, are in what is it called in 
a coverage area. So Propeller has various networks you can choose from that uh, showcase coverage in a particular area or not. Um, now, I say that because there was one really weird time that we were in southern Charleston and the AeroPoints and RTK didn't work. Wow. So you're just screwed in that scenario. Well, you would essentially in that scenario pull out uh, an, an additional rover. We call it now a base. And we put that over a known uh, survey nail, aggregate that mm. data. And then we have the RTK rover speaking to the base and providing corrections that way. That's one way to do it, but it's, it's, more, it's a lot more complex. Um, and more equipment. Yeah, and I do want to say that when I'm talking about RTK, I'm fundamentally talking about RTK as a rover and a single rover. So not having one RTK unit and then a second to say base and rover, I'm saying just rover. Uh, just to clarify for all my survey peeps out there. Again, I understand that accuracy is less with PPK than, than RTK. I'm not sure uh, if there is a formula, though, to tell you how much less. Um, that said, I think really a lot of people choose PPK for ease of use. Again, you know, you're not no cellular data, large maps, fixed wing aircraft. Uh, that's pretty much why a lot of people are choosing to use PPK is that you're just really limited in Internet infrastructure and infrastructure as a whole. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, take a breath. Wow. So I guess... Imagine that for eight hours, and that's day one of mapping class. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, a question, though. So essentially, well, let me ask it this way. So your conclusion then is, given the right circumstance, RTK is known to be a little bit more accurate than PPK. And you get the data faster, so you can do jobs at volume much more easily. Okay. My question for you, though, is take somebody like Trav, who's asking the question in the first place. If you have access to both, because it sounds like based on the it depends answer, that sometimes you don't have a choice. It's not really up to you, right? You got to use whichever one is best for the scenario if you can. So the perfect example is the ghost town. Remember when we were out at the ghost town to fulfill our fly-in contract last April? Right. And I threw the arrow points out because I had no cellular data. Yeah. And the RTK rover would not have been able to connect whatsoever. But this brings up a very important point. It's why I interrupted you. Our arrow points turned off in April of last year. But when I turned them back on and reactivated, they had the points from the ghost ranch literally last year. Hmm. And so now I can go back and geo-reference all the search and rescue models and everything. So that's cool. anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, that's cool. So ultimately, when we get to a place where, say, Trav has the ability to use both, it's either or. And let's say, well, it sounds like for ease of use, you choose PPK. No. No, RTK. Yeah, I would go RTK, but I didn't explain one key asset or facet um, of the RTK workflow as to as far as why I prefer um, RTK over PPK. Okay? okay, PPK is technically easier to use. Okay, but because you don't know if you run into errors until you're off site. That's very problematic for me. Mm -hmm. um, in addition, Propeller has gotten better at providing you the simplified CSV file to upload to PICS. But 
And I'm not saying this because we sell landing pads. So I just want to make that really clear. But one of the things that... Well, the reason that we sell landing pads is you created them for us to use. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, carry on. So that said, one of the key things I really don't like about the propeller aero points is how small they are. Pix4D in the past Mm. used to say that GCPs should be at least 40 times GSD. So if GSD is an inch, then you want a 40-inch pad, which, by the way, our website says these are three-foot pads. I'm pretty sure they're four-foot pads. Mm. Anyway, Mm -mm. I digress. Mm -mm. So, well, hold on. I got a laser measure here. Anyway, (laughs) long story short, the reason I love RTK is because we get the data right away. We know if there's an error right away. But I personally find marking these landing pads a magnitude of scale easier than marking those, Mm. especially in harsh light conditions. So I will just say, and I'm not saying this because I want to sell more landing pads. These things sell just fine as they are because they were built to make the workflow easier. And um, that said, when it comes down to like pixel level, because you are supposed to, you know, zoom into your photos when geo-referencing your map, and you're supposed to zoom in absolutely all the way down to pixel level. Um, And because of that, I find, and all of my students I've ever asked, find these pads easier to mark. So when it comes to speed of workflow, speed of acquiring data, I prefer RTK, but there are a lot of instances, Rob, where it's just not available and it doesn't work and I go to arrow points. Gotcha. And so ultimately, what I, that's all super helpful and I'm glad we ended up there. But one of my primary questions is when we're talking about more accurate, quote unquote, right, and, the, and comparing the two, is it really going to be that big of a difference, like choosing one or the other from an accuracy standpoint? How it's my understanding that um, so where we see the most inaccuracies in GPS overall is going to be on the Z axis, which is our elevation. Okay? OK, and I will say that based off of what I know about PPK and RTK, and I could be wrong about this, but that PPK is fundamentally good to about five centimeters on the Z axis. Now, if you're not familiar uh, with the metric imperial conversion rate, there's 2.54 centimeters for every inch. So at five centimeters, we're right under two inches, um, which is really fairly good, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, But that said, if we're talking about fundamental accuracy, RTK matched with the right target will be more accurate than PPK for two reasons. Reason number one is the technical GPS technology that's pulling the point. Point number two, the size of that target is fundamentally smaller so because of that and because of how Pix4D and a lot of the softwares work, you are fundamentally going to be more accurate with a larger target like this landing pad hmm. because you have more capability of marking the true center point and reducing overall ellipsoid error and projection error that's human-induced. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, all in all... I believe RTK is more accurate as a technology than PPK, but I would also say that the targets that you use fundamentally define the overall accuracy as a whole, and this is something that is skipped over all the damn time. In fact, you know, we've been having a lot of surveyors in our classes recently because they're like, yeah, if we don't take on the technology, we're not going to get jobs. It's that simple. Just um, last week, we had one from a surveying company. Yeah, and I mean, and we, I, I get so excited when we have a survey 
surveyor because I'm I will defer to them like look if I'm wrong about what I'm saying about GIS just shut me up and and say what's good I'm totally okay with that um, but I want to show you how most surveyors are fundamentally not familiar with how their team whether it's the drone team or the processing team can actually inject more error into the map and ruin your accuracy that way um, because a lot of surveyors uh, are like, what's the technical capability of the, the RTK rover? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's my accuracy. No, 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 no. With photogrammetry, you got to be able to see the target to mark the target. And then how much detail you can see in that target is going to fundamentally matter on the overall and absolute accuracy as well as the relative accuracy as well. So, for example, and I'll end with this, you know, landing, landing pads is what we call these, but these are really ground control point targets, okay? They act as both. That said, when you have a target, they're supposed to be static, they're supposed to be flat, they're supposed to have a matte finish, highly contrasting and discernible center point at pixel level. That last caveat is the most important, and because of the size of the propeller arrow points, I know for a fact, and I can mathematically prove, that these targets being larger paired with a good RTK unit connected to a VRS is going to give me a fundamentally way more accurate overall absolute accuracy than an arrow point. But arrow points are easy, they're convenient to use, and they do work very well. So there's that. That was a nice little quick mini class. I know. I'm like, oh, I'm, like here, I'm like, good day, here's your matrix. <laughs> if this, then that, if this, then that, if this, then that. So <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah, Trav, I hope that answers your question. I would imagine that it did. Um, I, I would put some money on it. But if not, let us know. One last caveat. Propellers, I'm pretty sure an Australian company, and I'm pretty sure oh. that they have network coverage all over Australia. Oh, well, there you so go. So that might be another. Uh, so remember. Kind of leaning that way. Yeah, large yeah. maps, rural areas, propeller arrow points, urban areas, and not urban jungles, by the way, not concrete jungles, because everyone knows tall buildings throws off the GPS unit. Um, but urban areas, in connectivity, large targets and GCPs, uh, RTK. So that's what I would say. Anyway, I don't want to start selling these now, because then it's going to like negate, like, hey, I'm not trying to sell landing pads. Yeah, whatever. No, no, we don't. Yeah, it's, it's good. People know. Well, Wow, thank you. That's awesome. Um, AskDroneU.com is where you can get an in-depth question in so that we can uh, dig into that for you. Agreed. And by the way, um, if you do, if you are interested in our GCP landing pads, they are on the site, thedroneu.com. Scroll the bottom, click swag, and then top right corner, you will see the landing pads. This is actually the first time all year long that we've had pads in stock. Yeah, we need so, to order more already. What? Oh, we need to order more already? Oh, well, that's on that bombshell. That'll do it for us today. My name is Paul. I'm Rob. And I love it when he tells me we need to order more product. <laughs> we believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.